Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, Tea Sippers. So welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered. Thank you guys for joining me. And I have a special guest here with me today. Her name is Misty. And um, let me kind of give you guys a backstory. So I had a really dope Zoom meeting. I believe it was like Saturday or Sunday. And um, we talked about a lot of stuff. It got very emotional at different points. People sharing their stories and what they've been through. And Misty ended up being one of the last callers to call in that day. And Her story about her culture and what was going on with them really moved a lot of people. And it really moved me. So I reached out to her and I was like, I would love to have you on my podcast. And she agreed. So Misty is here. So say hey, Misty. Hello. Thank Uh, you for having me. I'm so excited. No, and I really appreciate you for being here as well. And um, you are more than welcome. Like I was saying, your story was very enlightening, Um, Because you are Native American and you were speaking like on your culture and what kind of happened, you know, to the Native American culture and just what you guys have been through. Because we were talking about, you know, like the similarities to African culture and spirituality and things like that. And you made so many good points. And I know at that point we were talking about, you know, um, alcoholism and drinking and drinking in abundance and we're also talking about Meg Thee Stallion and you know other celebrities who kind of promote like that drinking lifestyle and anything goes and you got really spiritual with it and you were saying things about um because I talked about in prior uh videos about alcohol and spirits so if you want to just go ahead and talk about that for a bit um I just know I was you know growing up being told by our elders is, um, you know, the reason that they gave us the alcohol on the reservations after they decimated our way of life and, you know, told us to live their way on the reservations. They gave them alcohol, you know, especially returning back from the traumatized, being abused and stuff. Uh, it was like numbing medicine for them, you know? Mm. So, and we've had to deal with that for generations. It's been generations of alcoholism fighting alcoholism, uh, growing up, that inter, what is it, generational trauma. And so we were always told, you know, it's, you're, the spirit world is real, you know, regardless of if you believe in it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's real. And it applies to everybody. So if you're going to drink like that, you know, just know that it's called spirits for a reason. You know, you welcome, you dumb yourself down, you uh, lower your vibration. And it's like giving somebody else the the steering wheel to your body. You know, if you're a vehicle. No, that I, that's what our bodies are. It's a vehicle. Right. Our bodies, like we say, it's a temple. It's a vehicle. And you were saying something about your grandfather was telling you that when you drink, it takes several days for your spirit to come back into your body. Yeah. Um, it does. Uh, your spirit leaves your body um, all the time, even when, you, uh, when you're sleeping. You know, when you dream and stuff like that. But you're always in control. Like, even when you're angry, your spirit can uh, just not, you know, it can get out of your body. Not, like, all the, like, jump out and leave. But, like, you know, be next to it. Be kind of out. Be adjacent. You know what I mean? Just off balance. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's always spirits around. 
because uh, they're, in, they're, we're in, you know, at war. And they're always late, and they can't be on our, you know, real, they can't manifest here. You know, that's why it's called manifest. But they need a man to, you know, materialize, manifest. Mm. They have to come into us to operate that way. And so when we're operating in spirits, you know, even though it's us, we're operating in the spirit of fear, you know, or the spirit of anger. But then when you're an alcoholic, you open yourself up to, like, you know, the Jezebel spirit or, like, you know, real-time demons, you know, real-time uh, ones that don't let you go. You welcome those things into your life, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And that was one of the things that we were saying that, you know, it's okay to drink. It's okay to have a good time. It's okay to, you know, kick it with your friends. You know, nobody's saying that you shouldn't, but you should be aware of things that you're opening yourself to and that you should be very aware that, you know, not to drink to a limit where you're blacking out, where you're fainting, you know, and that's like a famous rap verse in Hot Boys, you know, drink till I faint, you know, and it's like in this culture, everything is about excess and going overboard. And I think sometimes people need to understand that it's okay to, you know, pull back a bit. It's okay to have fun and be sober or have dry fun. You don't always need a drink. And I think so many, you know, young people are being conditioned that they always have to be high, drunk, popping a pill, drinking lean. And a lot of this stuff not only affects you physically, as far as like, you know, aging you, you know, can deteriorate your liver, your insides, but also spiritually. And that's what a lot of people are scared to talk about. It's a really complicated, like, issue because music culture hip-hop culture it goes over every all of us everybody in america you know every trend comes from black people really and we were seeing all that that's that's how and everything that they take is from other cultures because they they america has no real culture its culture is stealing cultures because it's a colonialism mm-hmm. they're literally what we're experiencing now is the result of colonialism, this is what colonialism does. It, it steals people from their real culture, from their real way of life, and feeds them basically death. And that's what, I mean, it is okay to drink and have fun, but, I mean, you still have to be aware that where we are, you know, we're, who is it, John Trudell said, you know, you need to be aware, um, protect your spirit, because you're in the place where spirits get eaten. And, you know, that's real. That's real talk. So yeah, have fun and stuff. But also, why do we need to drink to have fun? Why do we need to smoke and to have fun? You know? Um, culture saves lives. There's there's different ways of, you know, what happened to block parties? You hardly ever see those anymore. What happened to, you know, just, just community? You know, how tight-knit communities were. Mm-hmm. And all the functions we had together. You know, you don't really see that anymore. Everything's online. Everything's about showing out and showing what you got instead of like where we are, you know, who we're with, what right. we've accomplished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole different vibe because our culture really is gone. Our culture is about taking. We've adopted the colonialist mindset. Yeah, and it's you really know, like, decimated uh, it, Native American culture specifically. You know, and that's very interesting when you say that America really has no culture. They don't. They take from African culture. They take from Native American culture. They take from, you know, even European culture, and they kind of mish it together. And I know that was one thing we were discussing um, is because somebody had called in and they were saying that, you know, it's very interesting how they're so quick to demonize African spirituality 
for years. You know, voodoo's bad and, you know, African spirituality, oh, that's devil worship. They, they demonized it until there was money to be made. And now we see it being mm-hmm. commodified, you know, so mermaids don't exist, even though we talk about water spirits that's big in African spirituality, that's big in African culture. And so they'll, they'll dismiss mermaids the way we see them in African culture. They're not beautiful creatures. They're very creepy and they will pull you under and drown you and, and take over your spirit. Right. And so, but they have no problem commodifying it to make the little mermaid and the little mermaid on ice. Um, voodoo is horrible and it's bad and it's, you know, it's evil until they need to make movies like Princess and the Frog. And then they have voodoo in there. Yeah, and then they make it cute and they package it in their way so they can profit off it because they're a colonialist. Naturally, I mean, it's a colonialist system. So it was illegal to the damn near 80s. Oh, can I say that? Um, so the, almost to the 80s for us to even smudge. And now what is the, the big trend? They're smudging. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, like uh, cleansing with incense or burning herbs, that. That's always been around. And Sage has is Salvia uh, from the Salvia family. So there's like thousands of different, and there's been lots of cultures all over Africa, Europe, or whatever. But smudging with white sage is specifically Plains Native, our culture. Mm-hmm. Specifically. And the relationship, the whole, you have, I mean, growing the plant, gathering the plant, you have to pray. There's a whole, there's a whole, you know, that's part of our culture. You know what I mean? And to see that come out, like, it was illegal for us, and we're just now. Being able to do that. You said it was illegal in your culture at one point? It was illegal until the 80s. Mm. And then now, what was that? That's only, you know, that's not even 50 years ago, right? Right. And then now, all of a sudden, it's being sold on the shelves again, and then our white sage is being decimated and bought, and now we can't, and now we can't have it. So you guys are not even benefiting you know? from the sage plant. And the growing no, and the harvesting. No, and, we're, and it's against, if you ever have to buy sage, it's bad medicine. You're never supposed to buy sage. You're never supposed to sell sage. That's mm-hmm. why we are so, and then, and not to mention our dream catchers, not to mention mascots, you know, mm-hmm. where everybody, you know, we were demonized for, for years for scalping people when we never started that. That was an, an act enacted by the government where they put bounties on their heads. That's why they talk about, you know, you have a number on your head, you got a price on your head. They're referring to the time where the government enacted in the 1800s to like 1920s to where they uh, paid people to scalp little uh, kids, women and men, and they paid them almost a year's wage for our hair. And But we became known for scalping. You know what I mean? They, they can do that. They can, they can, you know, they can take what they want and, and put it into, in front of other people like however they want because they, they get to tell the stories, you know? And so we get to sit in the background and kind of just watch it all happen. So today's sponsor comes from BetterHelp.com. Are there certain things that are interfering with your happiness? Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. You can speak to them in a safe and comfortable environment, and everything will be confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you can get 10% off your very first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash SipSlow. That is my code to get the 10% off. Over 1 million people are taking charge of their mental health. 
by talking to licensed professional counselors who specialize in a variety of things, everything from depression to stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, and much more. So once again, if you are looking for some type of mental health support, make sure you go on to betterhelp.com slash sip slow to get 10% off today. Yeah, it, it's really, you know, disturbing the things that happened to the natives. And I know you were talking about your grandfather and what they went through and how they were like almost forced to, you know, they went to like these homes and they were re-educated, quote unquote, to forget their culture and to go into like European culture and to have European names and to cut off their long hair and things like that. Well, when originally the reservations were made, they were meant to induce such an environment as to kill us. And lo and behold, we started repopulating again because they decimated a population of uh, upwards of 95%. Um, when they, by the 1890s, I think we were 95, 95% gone. So there was 15 million to two, and then it got, went down to 250,000 altogether. And they're just gone. So after that, after putting us on reservation, they wanted to keep us dying, right? So what they did was to kill our culture, obviously. They took their kids and took their language and took everything from them. But it was carried out up until um, the 1920s forced boarding school. But you know, a lot of people don't know that the boarding schools still operated after that. Um and my grandpa was a part of that. And the language has been illegal for hundreds of years, like for <laughs> for hundreds of years. And it's not until this this year, I mean, this, what is it called, millennia, that it's like really been our first free time where we've had this many rights, this many, you know, supposed freedoms. Mm-hmm. To learn about our own culture, we would have to take classes that we can afford, that, you know, at Harvard and Ivy League schools to learn about our culture. If we want to see our own people's stuff, we have to pay a museum, you know, to go see it. As far as they're concerned, we are dead. We don't even have a right to our own culture. You know, they know more about our stuff than, you know, a college professor is more likely to know about my history and my language or any other Indians than, than them, really, unless they, unless their elders managed to pass really good, you know, through the years. Yeah, and it's all systematic. I mean, it's a way to break down the people. Like I told you, you know, I grew up in the Twin Cities. So here in the Twin Cities, we have a huge Native American population. And a lot of Native Americans are in a place called Little Earth. It's like a little Indian community, things like that. Um, And I remember growing up on the South Side, you went to school with Native kids and things like that. But I remember when I moved to the Carolinas and, you know, when I moved in like different places around the country... I didn't see Native people. And I've known people who are like, I've never seen a real Indian a day in my life. Like, they've literally never seen any unless you live in certain pockets of the country, like in Arizona or like, you know, towards the West Coast, things like that. And I remember the joke that Chris Rock said years ago that you'll never just see a Native American family eating that red lobster. And as, as, as crazy as that is, it's true. And that's a, there's yeah. a reason for that um, because you guys were systematically killed off. It's like they wanted to get rid of that, that stain in history because you guys were the people who were here. This was y'all's land. You guys owned America. So you guys were always seen as like the thorn 
in America's side because how can you say you discovered something when the natives were here already? Well, yeah, it's always it always goes back to colonialism. It always goes back to the the blueprint to colonialism because colonialism itself is taking over another country, exploiting its resources, and taking control over the people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happens, whether in Australia, Africa, America. You know, we're just the ones that have most recently happened, you know, and it's still happening. And that's why they kind of want you to, you know, don't look over here and we'll tell the story. It's not like we're looking 50 years, you know, after we've been extinct and being like, dang, we should have did better by them. No, we're still here. We're still like, you know, asking for everybody to just like, hey, help us. Cause we're, we're like the least, we, I don't, like 5% of the population, 6% of the population uh, at most, you know. And we were decimated. And the, I mean, genocide is, you know, defined legally as killing members of the group, you know, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, deliberately inflicting conditions of life calculated to bring about physical destruction of the group, imposing uh, measures to prevent birth within the group, and forcibly transferring children of the group to another group. And all five of those, they have, there are acts, the Indian Removal Act. Um, the Family Planning Act by George H.W. Bush, where where hundreds of thousands of Native women were sterilized without consent and without even their knowledge. Wow. You know, uh, the Indian Removal Act is where the Trail of Tears, the Death March of the Cherokee, um, Wounded Knee, the Sand Creek Massacre, where they killed entire tribes in their sleep. Whoever survived had to march where they lost half of their tribes. And I think with some of the misconception or what people don't realize is that even here in in the Twin Cities, a lot of people tend to think that all natives are rich because they have access to casino money. And you have certain tribes that are rich, but that's not the majority. And I think that's the biggest stereotype that needs to be dispelled. And and that is also by design, just like they were scalping us Mm -hmm. and, and then turning around and portraying it like and then we became known as scalpers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with casinos because I can tell you right now why Trump doesn't like <laughs> Native Americans because he's the one who started the whole campaign against us because he was getting rich, richer, more wealthy off of casinos. He ran a bunch of casinos, and he was getting mad that, um, like the mafia, he couldn't get a they couldn't get a piece of um, our casinos and. Natives have a right to do casinos because it is part of our culture. We're big, old, we're big gamblers. You know, I mean, we we made up all kinds of gambling games, and a lot of the games you guys have is, you know, at those casinos, those are from us. Mm-hmm. You know, just juiced up and changed a little bit. Those those casinos come from us. Those are our ideas. That's why we don't end on on our land. You know, why not? Can't we have a little bit of money? But no, he didn't want that. So he started a whole campaign against us, um, saying, you know, we're getting rich and we're doing this and we're doing that. But that's None of it was true. I mean, you can look up everything he said was was wrong, but that that stereotype that it it stuck. Yeah. Because a lot of people, and like I said, there are certain tribes in the Twin Cities, they do have money and, you know, you have natives who just blow through their money because they have so much of it. But then you have other native tribes where they don't get any of that casino money, you know, and a lot of times people think like these reservations are so rich. But again, it depends on the reservation. Now, what part of the country are you in again? I'm in Washington, but my reservation is in Wyoming. Okay, now what is your tribe? Um, I'm Northern Arapaho and uh, Kansas Kickapoo. 
Okay. And this has just been generational. I mean, even we see it with Little Earth, a lot of people dying of drug overdoses, alcoholism, and a lot of that stuff is still decimating a lot of Native Americans here in America. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's just, I guess there's no other way to explain it but by generational trauma. You know, it's not like, we just decided to, you know, be this way or feel this way. It's like literally normalized. You wake up, you know, you're born into it. That's how it is. That's, that's how it's always been, you know. And there just there kind of comes a point where, obviously, you're like, why, you know, like why this is suffering. This is, and, there, and a lot of us come to that, you know, and a lot of us realize that that's no way to be. But we do recognize that that's not, that's no accident. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. want us to be that way. They it was all planned out to be like that. Cause when you separate a people from their land, you know, their language indoctrinate them and try to assimilate them, you know, and then on top of that, giving them alcohol to make the transition easier, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, but you end up, I mean, what all alcoholism just, just breed domestic violence, abuse, sexual abuse. Nothing good comes from that, you know, and it, and not only that, but feeding us, like commodities and stuff like that. I keep saying like the blueprint to colonialism is applies to all of us. They, the, what they've done to the native Americans, they've done to the, uh, in Australia, Africa, the world over to all of us. They've done it and they're still doing it. The only thing is that they do it so slow that like, you don't realize it. You know what I mean? Like taking land, they did it abruptly for native Americans, but they do it too so slow to their, to their citizens that they don't notice it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They took our animals and the freedom and the, the realm and they did it, you know, without, they put you there. They put us all in reservations and little boxes and little towns and nobody can go anywhere. You know what I mean? But that's our life. We've all been assimilated to it. You know what I mean? Right. And so it is really no coincidence that our entertainers now are putting out music, low vibration music, mm-hmm. putting out, drink alcohol and do this and have a good time and party and don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about your brother, your sister. Don't worry about how we're all related and what we're doing to the earth. Don't worry about it. Have a good time. And that's that mentality. That's that colonialist spirit is I'm worried about me and not you. Yeah. I'm worried about having a good time, not the next person. And it's, that's the culture. It becomes our culture. And that's why I always say that we are fighting a spiritual war. Period. Mm -hmm. And the Internet is a very spiritual place. And I know a lot of people like to dismiss it and say, you know, I'm crazy and all this stuff. But the Internet to me is very spiritual and it's another realm. You know, we talk about dimensions and different realms when we have our discord meetings and Zoom meetings and stuff. And I believe that. And I don't know if you ever caught when I had written about how the Internet is like the sea. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share it here with the audience. Um, I had copied and pasted yeah. it just for this. <laughs> and um, that's why I feel like a lot of spiritual battles take place online. So let me go ahead. What I have written here is I wrote this about two months ago on the Discord. And I said, I have always felt that the Internet and the sea have more in common than many of us realize. First of all, 99% of the international data that is transmitted by wires, they're at the bottom of the sea, and they're called submarine communication cables. 
In total, there are hundreds of thousands a mile long. Google owns a majority share and it equals up to 63,605 miles of submarine cables. I believe that the internet is another form of the marine kingdom. And here's why. The World Wide Web, as it's called, is an unseen realm of interdimensional entities. I believe things seen and absorbed online can absolutely affect us in our real world lives. Think about how addicted some people are to social media, that they can no longer differentiate between the real world and the World Wide Web. Here are some similarities between the internet and the sea and our modern day existence. First, let's start with the place that we all call, that we all love to visit called the internet a.k.a. the net. A net is used in the sea to catch fish. In the sea, there's a vast array of fishes and predators. On the internet, we say scammers are fishing for info. We also have a popular show in the real world called To Catch a Predator. We also have a huge phenomenon called catfishing, where people pretend to be other people and feed off of the energies of their victim, just like sharks who smell blood in the water. They know who they can fool and who they can't. We have websites like eBay. A bay is a body of water. Amazon is now the biggest website globally. And the Amazon River in South America also happens to be the longest river in the world. Our money also follows a system as well. Just look at the word bank. River bank is land alongside a body of water. Also look at different banking words like currency, similar to water current. Watermarks that we see on money also have to do with the word water. Look at the word liquidation, the process of bringing a business to an end, or the process of solid literally becoming a liquid, just like water. We also have words like loan shark, frozen assets, sale equals sale, S-A-I-L, rebate equals rebate, R-E-B-A-I-T, which is to put fresh bait on a hook or in a trap, basically hooking us to buy and then promising a rebate in return. Cash flow, even the old saying, keeping your head above water. The dark web is also described as a glacier, meaning that the stuff that you surf on the internet is only 4% of the total internet that's available above water. Everything else below it is considered the dark web. So those were just some of the comparisons (laughs) that I came up with when thinking about this realm that we call the Internet and water and just how everything just kind of ties together. Like, I don't believe that any of this stuff is by happenstance, you know. No, it's not. And Mm -hmm. then think about relationships, moving, relationships, friendships. You know what I mean? Even that. Yeah. Sometimes in your relationship is it's. Falling apart, you're what? What do people say? We're just two ships sailing past each other in the night. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, oh, my gosh. And then the tunnel of love, even. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot. And that's why I say back to what we were just hitting at. Yeah, that it's definitely a spiritual warfare. So when you have a whole people that's been destroyed by, you know, drugs and alcohol and and things like that, and they're still feeling the effects today, when we see it being promoted, and and not just in hip hop, you know, we see it on reality television and movies and things like that. A lot of this stuff is being planted here to eventually destroy you. 
to consume you. It's, wow. it's, it's all by design. And, you know, there's, there's a thing that happens, too, is when uh, you take the narrative away from the people to tell their own story, even to their own children. Their children adopt that stereotype. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the children start thinking like, oh, well, this is what it means to be Native. You know, this is this is how Natives are. This is how we talk, you know. Mm-hmm. And they forget, you know, we, we come from completely opposite of that. You know, we never left our babies and drank and partied off our days. No, our, our children were the center of our communities. And that's one really cool thing is that culture does save lives. You know, now that we're getting our languages back in, it's, you know, more and more elders have come forward with the old ways and our... You know, because it takes a while for them to become, feel safe enough to share stuff. Yeah. You know, these secrets have been guarded. These ways of life have been guarded for generations, you know, because it's upon death. They, they was, they're not playing. People died, you know, for doing this stuff. It wasn't a joke for us. And it's still uh, scary for a lot of families to let these things go. Very secret. You know, you have to be, you know, a lot of, just even participate in some ceremonies, you know. You yeah. have to be doing that. And that's why... They don't want us to have that because, like, we have sweat lodge and, you know, about purification and sitting in, you know, we go into a lodge that we, you just dig a hole in the earth, you know, you put rocks in it that are heated, you know, and pour water on it. That's fire, water, you know, earth, air, you get steam and it cleanses you out, you know, like mm-hmm. in the womb, in a womb of Mother Earth, like those are sacred teachings and those are, you know, those are things that can change your life. Those are things that once you understand just the act of doing things that your ancestors did because that, that stuff in your DNA that builds you, you come from that, you know, you can connect deeply with whatever you want to call it, you know, God or your ancestors or, you know, whatever creator, we are all related, all of us. Mm -hmm. And our DNA is all built. It all come here, you know, helping each other and going through these things and our bodies are members. You know, and our spirits know. And when we do these these ceremonies and we do these things and we honor where we came from, there's something inside of us that is set. And there's something inside of us that feels like it's, you know, safe and home. You know, something that the system doesn't provide because, you know, just like they call it the beast system or, you know, uh, death culture, colonialism, uh, imperialism, capitalism, call it whatever you want it, call the system whatever you want it, but it, it, it does nothing but destroy and, feed, and you know, make death. Yeah, it's a and very demonic it system. It. It, it is. It is. It destroys indigenous cultures. No, no matter where it goes, it stamps them out. And there's always, uh, there's always a villain like Christopher Columbus, you know, uh, slaughtered and raped and pillaged. But I mean, look what? Who was that? Leopold? Yeah, look King, what he did uh, in Leopold Africa. Went over, mm-hmm. Yeah, look what he did in Africa. Mm-hmm. And then look at look what happened in Australia. What they did to them. You know, yeah, there the is no. And even Europeans before they were before they were colonized, they were tribes too. People mm-hmm. forget what people forget that they came from that too. Before they they had just been enslaved for so long, they just loved the master. You know what I mean? And that is the system. It's the system of death, and it's you know it's like a narcissistic parent. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to pray this one's the golden child and this one will be the scapegoat and this one, and you know, you switch it back and forth just to your benefit, to your own sick pleasure, you know, and you know, that's us. That's, that's what we've been doing, you know, in this system, fighting over my land, your land, fighting over my water. And, and at the same time, you know, we're all fighting for scraps, they're feasting. And it's yeah. always been that way. 
that is how the system works. Yeah, it's a bigger it's a bigger picture, you know, and that even goes back to hip hop where initially when it started, it was something positive. It was, you know, talking about what was going on in the community and the suffering that people were going through and things that were going on in the Bronx um, when hip hop started and to see where it's at now, 30 something years later, to the point where all they do is glorify death and kill. Well, just like with native Americans and you can, you can, there's a paper trail to their little plan of destruction that what they did with hip hop was actually a government act mm-hmm. um, in the nineties. That was government implemented. Gangster rap was government funded. And just like in the 60s and 70s when they were starting to wake up, you know, and it all became about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, what were the main groups that brought that about was the government funded uh, groups, the WHO, uh, the freaking, you know, all of those 70s groups. (laughs) Yes, exactly. See? Mm -hmm. And the government has always been behind all these great social movements. Look what they did. Um, to the Black Panthers, they infiltrated them, and that's where um, gangs started coming from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it can got take any, so just It went from something exactly. good to then what they infiltrated. What, yeah, that's where you get where people call it the bastards it's, of the party. They were the bastard. Well, the gangs were the bastard children from the Black Panthers. That's a real saying. It's the colonialist spirit. It go, it gets into our grassroots movement. Mm. And, it, and it gets its spirit of greed, its spirit of jealousy, its spirit, you know, because we've all, all had heart. Like, we had AIM, the American Indian Movement. You know, that was a militarized uh, Indian movement where we, we took up guns and, the, and they took over Alcatraz. They were, you know, they fought it out with, the, you know, the FBI. And it was, uh, they're still in prison. Leonard Peltier still in prison. John Trudell got his wife shot, his baby shot. Like, it, they're, they're, it goes deep. And we've been fighting the government and... And there's been a fight with the government for all of our races. It's not just Native Americans. It's not just African Americans. It's, you know, the Chinese, mm-hmm. you know, what they've been doing to them. And then, and it's all of us all, all at once. And they're doing, they're hitting us here and they're hitting us there. And then they're making us look over here and, but they're keeping us set. You right. know, they're keeping us dumbed down. They're keeping us entertained. And they're that's why, and that's why, like I keep saying, we are in a spiritual war. And that is why you have mm-hmm. to stay, I hate to say it, woke, <laughs> but you have to stay aware of this situation and understand that it's not just a simple, you know, like when people say things, it's not always coming from a place of that person's just a hater. They just don't want me to have fun. They're just, it's not that. It goes very, very deep. And when you put your mm-hmm. energy towards things that are low vibrational, you know, that are just, that don't bring you any type of fulfillment, it really starts to affect you and your everyday life and the people around you and your children. So you have to be very, very mindful of that because there's a lot of games being played. And especially with this whole COVID situation, we haven't even touched on that yet and we will. But um, just with everything that's going on with that, it's like we can all sense something is not right. We've we've had other viruses and and things before Ebola and SARS, but we've never had it where the entire world shuts down, where people can't work, where you have to wear a mask. But then somehow these group of people, they can still party and have fun, but we can't have people over for Thanksgiving and, you know, things like that. So this is really deep. So before we go, I wanted you to hit on. How is COVID affecting the Native Americans and, you know, specifically your area? Because, like I said, that is a group of people that have just literally been forgotten at this point. So how are they handling the whole COVID situation? 
my tribe so far have been stumbled really at first, but they really are doing a lot better. They have a lot of relief, I guess, for um, like cleaning supplies and everything, and they have people like going door to door, but like when it all first hit, I know several reservations, they were really short on a lot of things, um, specifically masks and gloves. They did send out a request to the CDC, I believe it was, or the World Health Organization, somebody, um, and requested masks and gloves, you know, for the people, and they sent them body bags. So the people requested gloves from the CDC and other agencies because, again, these tribes are literally forgotten, and instead of getting them masks and gloves, they sent them body bags. That is crazy. Yeah, because the level of audacity and just like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But this whole system, I mean, look who is suffering the worst is the kids and the, and the elders. The reason it's affecting us worse is because everything really affects us first, you know? Mm-hmm. We have the highest rates of suicide. We have the highest rates of murder. We have the highest rates of vehicular death. You know, we have the highest rates of drug alcohol abuse. So, of course, we're going to get it the worst. We don't have, we have the worst living conditions. We have the worst, you know what I mean? Like, but as far as, like, community work, I know actually Alaska was doing really bad. They actually have to have a GoFundMe. If you have time, um, look, any, if anybody has time, look that up. There is a GoFundMe for the state of Alaska. Their um, reservations are really bad. They have uh, no supplies, really no help. Wow. Um, and I think that's shameful that, they have to have a GoFundMe when the government should be taking care of your people. Like that's our where you're. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is like the government has been giving us rations, commodities, you know, since since it started. Like that's where fried bread comes from, and that's what you know what we're known for, or whatever. Else. Just you know, dough and grease this is what they gave us to live on. And <laughs> with the whole COVID thing, you know how you said like we're going through something we've never went with through before well it's like it's like the indian removal act you know mm-hmm. um we're all being quarantined we're putting on our own reservations they have to convince people that a system of death and destruction is better than the alternative but you can't so you have to make sure the alternative isn't even in their minds anymore because even now they even have to a lot our of own like people- artificial farms now where they're having to grow food like in laboratories you know, now they're even. Well, pushing. it's all by design. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't grow food. You couldn't buy seeds. I remember uh, this year because seeds. I I have to buy seeds every year. I'm I part. I'm part of a um, garden for uh, food deserts for native communities because we. A lot of us don't even know. Like I remember, I didn't even know what half the fruits and vegetables were even when I was twenty. I'm like, what's a kiwi? I've never seen that. I don't know where an apple comes from. I don't mm. know. You know, because we've been fed government food for so long, and that's where they literally they want us. Because you have to know how the sky works and the health of the, <laughs> the planet to grow things. You have to know the health of the plane of like of, of where you're at. You have to know how the sky works. You have to know everything. And they don't want you to know that. They want you completely dependent on their weak days. You know, you're weak and you're in a daze. They want you, you know, to <laughs> do this weird system to where it's you're co- completely cut off from what makes you a human being. You know, you're not with the land. You're not growing your own food. You're not even our, the, the fact that they're trying to take fresh food from us should show us exactly how important fresh food is. Yeah. They're privatizing all the water behind our back. Yep. Um, That's the another fact thing. That, they, that piece of land that Connie bought in Wyoming, mm-hmm. 
that was protected land. Oh, was it? That's what, yes. Look at that. That was protected land. He wasn't mm-hmm. supposed, nobody's supposed to be able to own that. Yeah, the whole country is literally being commodified. And that's what people don't realize. Like I told people years ago in one of my videos or streams, you know, people are so concerned with fighting over oil, you know, like fighting over oil in the Middle East and everybody's racing to get this oil. But what is going to happen to the world? Because it's going to be, you know, we're all one big circle of life. When people start having to fight over natural resources that we need. When people start having to fight over water, then you're really going to see some ugly shit. And even now in Africa, that's where a lot of conflict is going on right now in East Africa with um, with the Nile River. One country cannot have access to that water. You know, so there's going to be a lot of fights in the upcoming years towards natural resources, not just gas, but things that we need to sustain ourselves as human beings. You know, you have a lot of these these water bottle companies like Nestle and a bunch of other ones. And there are water wars going on that people have no idea about. And I really suggest that you guys research where they are literally decimating cities and different countries. They're taking their water supply They're going to these countries that are, you know, what they like to call third world. And I hate that word. And they're giving, you know, the government X amount of dollars. But of course, it never trickles down to the people. And they're taking the water. You have people's lakes diminishing, you know, people's rivers diminishing. And so and they're using that to bottle it and then turn around and sell it to to people. You know, to the American public and whoever else. So it's really sick what's going on. So once they drained those rivers and those lakes dry and resold that water to make money, what happens to those people that are still left there in that country or in that city? And that's the part that's going to be scary. No, and that's been going on since since forever, since the whole colonial, since they started doing that's the first thing they do is mine, you know, whether it's gold, whether it's silver whether it's oil, whether it's, you know, natural gas, whether it's uranium, you know, how many um, reservations have open uranium pits, you know, um, just out there because they mined uranium and never cleaned it up. You know, um, this, all of this is, it's by design. We are in such a sleep that we have been made aware of this, but are okay with it because our little reservation our little home, our little space is okay. So we feel safe. So little by little, they encroach, you know, they, they take this, you know, they take your ability to go here. They take your ability to go there and they'll tell you, they'll always tell you, this is for your own good. This is, you know, this is to keep you safe. This is to make you a better person. This is to be more civilized. This is for progress, whatever it may be, you know, they'll tell you it's good for you, but more and more you'll stop being a human being. You'll stop, you know, and it's interesting, this six-foot rule, because, I mean, our tourist field, right, our energetic tourist field goes out six feet mm-hmm. to interact with somebody. You know, hugging changes the serotonin level. Smiling changes your actual brain chemistry. Mm. Seeing a smile changes. You know what I mean? These are little things that make us human. Touching your feet to the ground, it changes your your body chemistry. Yeah. And now Putting we can't smile because everybody has a mask Yeah, exactly. Putting your hands in the earth and, and growing seeds and planting seeds that, that builds your immunity. Mm-hmm. Talking to plants helps them grow. Water has memory. Like, 
these things are so real that we don't even understand how magical that is. Like, what is that little movie that, uh, that, that Pirates of the Caribbean where he's like, you better get used to fairy tales because you're in one, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I keep trying to like wake people up to is like, this is no fairy tale. Prayer is strong. It says a whole lot. That tells you that they're scared of prayer. They're scared of the spirit of the people. Is the colonial spirit that makes us forget that we are power. Well, I definitely think we've hit on a lot of stuff because we're getting near to the end here. So, I mean, you brought a wealth of information, and I really appreciate it, Misty. Um, I just want people, you know, research the things that we're talking about, you know, for your own edification, you know, just to to learn about history and not to forget it. And to just also know that we are living in spiritual times. And I know we only have a few weeks left of 2020, but 2021 is not going to be any easier. So you need to be prepared mm-hmm. and read up and study and understand that a lot of this stuff is by design to destroy you and to drive you crazy. Like she was saying, you know, things just as simple as being human, smiling, hugging. Those are things that make us feel better and that comfort us. And that's being slowly taken away. So you have to find other means to be able to try and get that comfort. But please don't lean towards, you know, popping pills and drinking heavily because then you'll be fighting a whole nother spiritual battle. Obviously, if there's evil out there, like I feel like if there's evil out there, there's got to be the opposite. There's got to be good. You know what I mean? And I feel like for us to be able to see what's going on, you know, we're meant to know the truth and that the truth is going to is with us, you know, and that as long as we all stay together, you know what I mean? And keep that, what, what do you call it? The spirit of discernment, you know, keep that with you and keep basically prayed up and protected and and there's nothing wrong with you know going out and having fun and but just remember you know to do it in a good way you know do everything you do in a good way you know and that's the best thing you could do thank you so much and on that note we are out thank you so much once again misty for joining me i hope the tea sippers enjoyed this so we'll be back again with another podcast in a few days i just want to go ahead and thank misty once again for joining us so misty any last goodbyes um no just thank you so much for having me and i really enjoyed it and um hopefully everything made sense and was coherent (laughs) just thank you for your time and i It was a blessing. Thank you. You are more than welcome. And I will talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.